I definitely find that people are keen and willing to do anything for you. That's what we do as humans. But how long does that do everything go forward? Are we talking a month, two months, two years, 12 years, 50 years that people can just drop what they're doing? Because we know that everyone's got some sort of issue or challenge they're dealing with different phase of their life. And I've learned that no one's issue or challenge is any worse or any better than anyone else's. You're listening to Elevate, the official podcast of Elite Agent for real estate industry sales professionals, property managers and leaders. We're proud to present Courageous Conversations, a podcast series focusing on the tough decisions people have made to put themselves on a pathway to success. This episode is brought to you by Connect Now, who makes the business of moving easier for both you and your clients. For more information, visit connectnow.com.au. Please welcome your host, Leanne Pilkington. Hey everyone, Leanne Pilkington with you for the latest edition of Courageous Conversations. With me, I have my friend Nathan Cassily from Owens Cassily in Adelaide. How are you, Nathan? Great, Leanne, and super excited to be here. Very privileged. Thanks so much for fitting me in. I know how busy you are. Firstly, tell everybody a little bit about the business. Well, we're well positioned here in South Australia, Adelaide, and off the back of a gather round and a live golf tournament. We definitely have Adelaide on the map and it's a very resilient and strong real estate market that's still going super strong. We've definitely got a lot of attention for Adelaide. So we've got five offices in Adelaide spread across South Australia and what we'd call sort of lifestyle marketplaces selling sort of 1,100 homes a year. We do sell a few hundred in our projects business. As well, nearly 2,000 properties on the rent roll and it's got a small home loans business that we run under a different banner and we're probably in that 130 to 140 employees here in SA. Wow, phenomenal. And you are also the area, was it Residential Business of the Year? Yeah, so the recent realestate.com REA awards, we were very fortunate enough to be recognised as, yeah, the top agency in Australia for residential. That is a really tough category because there were some awesome finalists in that list. What do you think it was that stands your business apart? It's a good question because we were nominated as a finalist and we have been nominated as finalists in, in quite a few awards over the years and you didn't have any expectation at all to be the one named as the recipient of that award. So it's really hard to answer that one because we've been in the picture frame for so long. We started the business in 2014. My business partner, Alex Owens, and myself, we'd been working together for a couple of years before that. So we're just doing what we know and think is right. We've made a lot of mistakes over the years and still probably making a few mistakes now. But it's probably like most businesses are saying, there's lots of hard work. Yep. And if you just focus on your people and some really good values and behaviors, yeah, you won't be an overnight success. But eventually over time, you start to see some benefit of running a business in that way, especially within a real estate business that's heavily connected to a community, good like-minded people doing the right thing and working really hard. That's probably the simplest way to explain it. And you are very focused on your people. I know that from my own conversations with people in your business. You and I were lucky enough to be in Singapore 
just recently and caught up over dinner and you were sharing some challenges that you've had with your business. I think it's pretty well known to a lot of agents out there that Alex had some health challenges in his family and sort of stepped away from the business for a time. That meant that you kind of effectively were in charge, right? Yeah, I suppose so. If you look at titles and org charts, when you've got two founding business partners and they're both their titles of managing directors and their name is of the door, yeah, if one of them is needing to step out of the business unannounced due to a very significant and tragic family health situation, yeah, I suppose you could say, yes, I was the one in charge for a period of time. So take me through that time. How long ago was that? Oh, this was coming up two years ago and it's funny how you have these vivid memories. It would have been, yeah, in July, so that would be 2021. I'd come back from a holiday, landed on the Friday, back with the kids, school holidays in that middle of the year, and then, yeah, had a message pretty early on the Saturday morning at sort of 7, 8 o'clock from Alex, uh, who was my business partner, that, yeah, that detected a significant growth in his middle boy or his middle child's foot as it was and yeah they were obviously now moving into testing result treatment strategy and yeah he would do his best to keep me updated along the process but was pretty much and fully supported by myself needing to you know step aside and now focus on yeah this pretty significant curveball that's just been presented to them so yeah no preparation as often happens when you're in a difficult, challenging, tragic situation. And yeah, I suppose it's sort of day by day, week by week. Yeah, we're not too sure how this one's going to go. So, you know, where to from there? And leadership is just around transparency. I think it's even more so now. So I just decided to get on the front foot. So that was, I think, the Saturday. And I think we had a week of keeping things a little quiet until they could get confirmation of some tests. And then once that was confirmed, yeah, quite a serious tumour had been detected. And it had spread somewhat as well. Yeah, I just got on the front foot and, yeah, told a group of our key leaders and key people on a, I think it was a Sunday, I ended up making about 15 or 20 phone calls to say on the Monday I'm about to, yeah, announce to the group an update from Alex the situation they're going through with their middle child. So, yeah, I suppose trying to manage the expectation and give them the news before they're getting the news and that we're going to need the full support of everyone to move through it. Yeah, I suppose, including myself. And then that began a journey of 18 to 24 months. And, you know, the journey's still going today. That It's all very positive and the outcome's looking good for Alex and his son Van and their family. But in some ways, you know, cancer's never fully behind you and you've still got ongoing tests and checkups just to make sure it hasn't returned. But as we sit here now, it's all positive and very grateful that things have turned out yeah, like I said, really positively as we sit here now. You know, Alex and his family were really lucky that you were able to step in at that time. It's a great benefit from partnership, right? And I do love your leadership philosophy of get in front of the news. It makes a lot of sense to tell your key leaders. People don't like to be blindsided by that sort of thing. I think that was really smart. But talk to me about what happened then because it wasn't all smooth sailing for you either, was it, being thrust into that role? No, it wasn't. And that's probably the learnings. And we've had some great learnings and improvements in the business. And yeah, probably myself 
personally, I've had some great learnings and improvements as a person. That's August 2021. We're now moving through and trying to support Alex and his family the best way we can. You know, we don't exactly know the outcome or or how long it's going to be. And we've got great people in our business that can support and do their role. Whilst Alex and I were part of a growing business and still across most things in our business, we did have a handful of sort of internal non-selling leaders that would support us to run the business. And we'd obviously had some growth and expanding out to offices and identified there might be some key people that could look to continue to develop their career path, if you like, and whether we'd look at introducing sales managers down the track. And we still have a sales leader in our business, Luke Holden, who's probably for the people listening, a sales director, sales manager, still on the tools, listing and selling but has potential growth talent to you know, be more of a sales leader rather than actively on the field. So I've been really close with Luke and he was a great ally for me with Alex out of the business through that August and September period that we started working really closely together how we could run and support our sales team in particular. And then, yeah, as you remember, it was in October. It was a Tuesday morning. I headed off for a week's little break just to recharge after three pretty big months and got a phone call at about 7.30 from Luke, which is very unusual. No one would be ringing me if I'm on a break. And yeah, Luke called to say, yeah, his child, who was 10 at the time, detected a growth in his hip. And yeah, they were heading in for scans, diagnosis, and then most likely a treatment plan because they were very confident there was a pretty significant tumor growth on his son's hip and pelvis bones. So we basically started the journey again, the same journey when Alex went out that happened with Luke as our sales leader and sales director. And then, yeah, he began the same journey over 12 to 18 months. His son's cancer hadn't spread, so they were able to move through the treatment process a little quicker than Alex and his son was. So, yeah, then 12, 18 months, we sort of lost yeah, our key sales leader at the same time. So that's probably when, yeah, personally, obviously things, yeah, got pretty daunting for myself and how I was built to survive up to that point probably wasn't going to see me through in this next little phase. So what happened? Well, you go back to how you've been taught and brought up and all you know, like I had a father who I was really close with a legend of a guy, so well-liked, hardworking, values-driven, but probably pretty stoic. He was born in the 1940s, stoic and proud, and, yeah, probably wasn't community that believed in, you know, showing emotion and, you know, be hard and tough and all the rest of it. So I pretty much went into Superman mode. That's okay. You jump on my shoulder and I'll steer everyone through and, you know, I won't let anyone down. I can handle this because I'm big, brave and strong and, you know, I'm a man and all the rest of it. So I went through probably the next six weeks trying to do that. And that stage, we're probably sort of getting four and a bit months through. And I definitely find that people are keen and willing to do anything for you. That's what we do as humans. But how long does that do everything go? forward? Are we talking a month, two months, two years, 12 years, 50 years that 
people can just drop what they're doing because we know that everyone's got some sort of issue or challenge they're dealing with different phase of their life and I've learned that no one's issue or challenge is any worse or any better than anyone else's so yeah once you get to the four month mark and there's no sign of anything changing and this is going to continue on for a lot longer then yeah how long can I keep standing that's probably what was about to sort of happen and I didn't know I didn't know the mindset I was in Leanne and the probably the challenges that I was going through because I'd never been through it before, I wasn't taught or advised or guided about sharing emotions and that's a sign of weakness and if I'm looking like I'm being weak, then holy crap, the whole business and the whole organisation's under significant stress and is it going to make it and all the rest of it. So I was just in my little bubble doing all I knew I could do and then it wasn't until it was a Wednesday night, funny you remember these times, it was 10 o'clock at night my eldest daughter, who would have been probably 10 or 11 at the time, she came down the hallway. She's normally asleep. She reached out and said, Dad, can I give you a hug? I'm like, yeah, sure, let's have a hug. And off she went back to bed and I thought that was a bit strange and then woke up pretty early in the morning and it just hit me that she was trying to reach out to say something's not right with you and that was her way of doing it. And then I got in the car and I drove for two hours and, yeah, just cried for two hours. Don't know where I ended up. And yeah, it got a little bit uncomfortable after that two hour mark and got really lonely. Didn't know who to reach out to because if you reach out, it's a sign of weakness and, you know, there's vulnerability, all the rest of it. So yeah, I just reached out to Alex and Luke and we got together the next day and just had a really open conversation. That's how I actually am and what I'm going to need to support the both of them and support the business through this time. And yeah, I can't just have a Superman cape on because that's actually not physically possible. And something happens to me, we're in all sorts of trouble. Let's band it together and make sure I've got some support around me so we can move through it. And yeah, that's when there was a, probably a big pivot in who I've become since into a more vulnerable individual. And I lead with vulnerability now rather than stoicness, if that's even a word. And we've got a shared leadership model across our business rather than just one or two leaders. Um, and the shared leadership model, you know, is one that maybe some of the leaders are doing things better than I could. Maybe sometimes they're not. But it's taught us that, you know, we are really vulnerable as a leader if we've set ourselves up for everything just to run through us and all key decisions and all key energy that, yeah, we would never wish for anyone to need a different group of leaders to run your business. but you know, it's probably a lot more common than we all think that there's curveballs and tragedy that happens to all of us as leaders. And health is something that's very real that we have these health curveballs thrown at us. And yeah, are we ready as a leader? And is your business ready to need to pivot? So what does a shared leadership model look like? It's scary. It's really daunting. Because, you know, you've built the Formula One car, if you like, and you know, every little corner and how every little nut works. Alex and I started the business, just the two of us, with a couple of support people really. And then we've still got our very first agent, Joanna Manalakis, who joined us and she's still with us now. So you know once the car's built, you just know how to drive it. So we've built the car, we know how to drive the car. Yeah, so asking someone else to maintain that car and also drive that car, it's yeah, it's really scary because what if they crash it and what if it doesn't perform as well when you were in it? Or what if it actually performs better and you're not needed? Oh, that would be the dream. 
we think that. Oh, I think a lot of people would be concerned that somebody is not going to do it as well as them or not going to do it the way they want it or what if they let you down or get poached by a competitor or decide to do it on their own. Yeah, and it just goes back to finding the right people. I think in real estate, if you've got a business that can grow a little bit more and create some scale, you have the opportunity to bring people into the business from outside of industry, if you like. Our industry is one that is of great appeal to a lot of people out there, but it's just that a lot of businesses just aren't at the size and scale that they can attract that sort of talent. And then it's about getting those really good people that align to your values into their role and into their swim lane, and then they become specialists rather than generalists. And that's probably the big focus, and it's not that easy because you don't always get it right. But then within that, you have to do that yourself, like myself as a leader, and I'm trying to become more of a specialist in the role I play in the business rather than being more of a generalist and just stay in my lane. And I don't know where that is. At the moment, we're still trying to work that out because I suppose, yeah, I'm, I've obviously been reasonably talented in lots of different parts of the business and now it's just working out or well, what's the four or five things that I can do at a nine out of 10 rather than doing 20 things at a five out of 10. And that's probably now the next journey. Now we've got the right people. It's now just supporting them all to get in the right lane and find the right rhythms for themselves. It's going to be fascinating to see where the business goes from here. Mm, yeah, it will. Yeah. So you sounds like you are set up for growth and also for succession. And that is something that we don't do that well. There's few people that do it really well. But in general, I find that most real estate businesses do not set themselves up for succession. Yeah, and it's probably not even real estate. I think we all get caught. It won't happen for me or it's too early for me. And I'll wait until I'm 44 years of age now. So when's the time? Is it 60? Is it 70? Is it 50? When is the time? And do you just wake up one day and say, today is the day? Or do you actually need to put a bit more work and thinking into it four, five, six, ten years earlier? Or like we had to find, well, what if something happened to yourself or someone at home or one of the key leaders? What if it happened today? What if you picked up the phone and there was a message to say someone needs to be taking some time out of your business for two years? How does your business cope and handle so? It has been. Yeah, there's a lot of businesses that just wouldn't cope, right? Yeah, we did. We don't know. I think we were the same, Alex and myself. You know, how Alex and Luke were going to cope personally and how were their families going to cope having one of their children diagnosed with cancer. And they would say, well, when you're in that situation, you just end up coping. And probably the same from the business point of view, how does the business cope? Well, it's not until you're in that situation where you actually learn how to cope, and that's probably why all our great leadership lessons are when things don't go well. Yeah, that's so true. You learn a lot more from difficult times than you do from good times. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Well, this has been a really amazing conversation. Thank you so much for being prepared to, you know, it's one thing to have a conversation with me over a glass of wine, and it's a completely different one to have for everyone else to listen to. So thank you for being brave enough to share. No, and thanks for the opportunity. And yeah, like I said, someone who wasn't overly comfortable in this space once you know if there's anyone out there and listening and align maybe to myself as a stoic strong brave individual in your own mindset anyway and being vulnerable is really daunting and you may see it as a weakness that if you can show vulnerability to the others around you 
the vulnerability that they will show back to you. But what then comes from that is the connection and trust. So from our organisation, I would think now we have excellent connection. We have a hell of a lot of trust within the organisation and that builds your key foundation of culture to a level I've never seen or felt before in any organisation. So yeah, would highly recommend and support anyone to show more vulnerability as a leader. Amazing. Thanks again. I so appreciate it. My pleasure, Leanne. Thanks for having me on. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Courageous Conversations with thanks to connectnow.com.au. Don't forget to get access to all of Elite Agency's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast. Visit joineliteagent.com.